Hello, Text Talkers. Edwin here. I have a brief announcement before we get into the actual episode today. Andrew and I just want you to know that in order to make sure all episodes post on time and without missing any, we have to record these weeks in advance. That's why we don't talk about any current events, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Since we never know what the state of things will be on the day the episodes actually air, we just focus on the text we're talking about. However, we want you to know that we are obviously aware of the state our communities, country, and world is in. We are not ignoring or dismissing it. We are concerned. We are praying for you, for all our brothers and sisters, and for our fellow man in this difficult time. That being said, what better thing can we do while we and our families are practicing some social isolation than to talk about God's Word? So, keep us in your prayers, and we'll keep you in ours. And let's get today's episode started. Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome back to Text Talk Podcast. On this episode, we are looking at Acts chapter 11. Edwin, what is our reading today? I'm just going to read verse 18 today from the English Standard Version. When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. I love that verse, but of course I've got a big question. Who is the they? (laughs) Who is the they? Uh, Hmm. If you've been tuning in to the Text Talk podcast which, I, you know, that's not even the right way to talk about a podcast. We don't tune anything anymore, do we? No, I guess not. But if you have subscribed, as all of our good text talkers do, <laughs> then uh, then you got to listen to some of this the last couple of days, and you know we've been reading Acts chapter 11. Please subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> we like the five-star reviews the best. <laughs> Actually, it would be neat to see what one of those looks like. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we get emails. Well, anyway, we had said a minute ago before we started uh, recording that this uh, episode was going to be a minute shorter because yesterday's was a minute longer, but that's out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who's the they? So who's the they? They. They. For for those who have not been listening, and this is your first time, you are unaware that the they are the circumcision party Christians in Jerusalem that have heard about Peter going to the Gentiles and meeting with them and eating with them and teaching them the gospel and baptizing them into Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And they were opposed to that and they were upset. And when Peter gets back to Jerusalem... They accuse him and they criticize him. And so Peter gives his defense. And now, having heard the entire account about the fact that not only did Peter visit the Gentiles, but so did the Holy Spirit. That's right. Then they said, well, I guess it must be that God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. And here's what grabs my attention there. I think today, I think one of today's writers with with the emphasis and the focus that we often have in modern Christianity, if they were writing this, all it would say is then to the excuse me, then to the Gentiles also God has granted life or then to the Gentiles also God has granted forgiveness or then to the Gentiles also God has granted salvation. But that's not what he says. What he says is God has granted repentance Repentance. to the Gentiles also. I mean, think about that. Granted repentance. 
I don't know that we often think of repentance as a gift at all. But when something is granted, well, that makes it sound like something very precious, you know, to be given, to be bestowed. The idea here, of course, is that, well, we know the Jews are allowed to repent. Mm. We know if the Jews repent. In fact, you might recall in Ezekiel chapter 18, God goes through a long list of issues about people going back and forth and how someone who has committed all kinds of sin, but deciding that they don't want to die, repents. He said that he would give them life. That's right. And you can understand why Jews would think, well, that's a Jewish prophet. It's going to be a Jewish Messiah. We're God's people. We're God's the children of people. Abraham. Right? This message of repentance is for us. We can repent and get life. But those guys over there, while well, they can't repent at all, they, they would not be. I mean, they, they could repent all day long, but it would not lead them to life. They, they can become God fears, but it's not going to lead to life because they're not becoming Jews. But what they've learned now is that God has given the gift of repentance to the Gentiles. It really ties in. Remember, Luke wrote this book as well as the book of Luke. Mm -hmm. And toward the end of the book of Luke, as Jesus is teaching his apostles, they are supposed to go forth and teach repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, his great commission reads a little bit differently than Matthew and Mark because it does emphasize repentance. Yeah. And the forgiveness of sins, which here, Mm -hmm. instead of repentance that leads to forgiveness of sins. It's repentance that leads to life. Now that's an interesting connection. What kind of life? The life that you get when your sins are forgiven. We're talking about a spiritual life, a true life, which ultimately of course is going to be an eternal life. But what is given? I just want to notice this again. It just keeps grabbing my attention that he doesn't just say he granted the Gentiles life, but rather he's given them repentance. And the the idea then of conditional salvation, the Gentiles can have life, but just like the Jews, what have they got to do? Mm-hmm. They've got to repent. They've got to repent. This message awes these Christians, these Jewish Christians. Uh, this is their response to this sermon, right? Uh, in Acts chapter 10, you're seeing that Cornelius and his household, their response to Peter ultimately is that they are baptized. And we see that as a consistent response to the gospel throughout the book of Acts, that immersion in water follows the one who believes and who repents, who wants to be in Jesus Christ. Well, of course, Peter is now speaking to an audience of baptized Christians, right? To these Jewish Christians. And they're finding out that the family of God is so much much larger, could be so much larger than they ever conceived. Gentiles too, the whole world could be involved in this. Verse 18, if I could just read again. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God. I admire, I appreciate their willingness to listen, their willingness to be taught, their willingness to accept something that initially, clearly by the reaction initially, just flew in the face of what they thought was righteous. Of everything I mean, they expected. Yeah, they're, they're coming and talking to Peter. You have erred grievously, brother. We heard where you have been and where you have been eating. And now to go to the other, I mean, just the other extreme and instead of being worried about a brother who has you know, gone astray in some sense, to hear his word and to accept his word and say, we were the ones mistaken about this. This is a wonderful thing. And all we can do is glorify God. 
We're going to glorify God because he has given the Gentiles repentance that leads to life. That that makes me want to think about repentance for a few moments. That's a good idea. What? Uh, all right, I'm putting you on the spot. Turn. It is a turning. It is an about face. That's what repentance is. Yeah, I, I think about repentance. And I know, okay, so... I've looked this up. The English word repentance, the etymology of it and the history going back, I think it comes from through the French and then on into the Latin or whatever. The English word really comes from the history of to regret or to feel mm. sorry for something. The The word that's translated here, the Greek word that's here, very literally means to change one's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really think we need to understand that biblically – what repentance is goes beyond just the definition of the word. It's it's not just I feel sorry. Now, of course, we know sorrow is going to be part of it, isn't it? I will not repent without the sorrow. Yeah. So that's the part of it. I, I think there's also the fact that certainly there is a change of mind. There is a change of the way that I think. But even that is not the fullness of what repentance and repenting in the Bible means. So, so let me just make this clear. We, we need to understand when it comes to looking at what words mean and how they are used, that just being able to look up in a dictionary what its history is and what its parts mean and, and piece them together does not always give us what is being intended by the author. For instance, you know, the other day as I was driving in my car, I saw a beautiful butterfly hovering over the median. I do not mean by that that I saw an airborne dairy product. <laughs> I'm butterfly. A butterfly. Like, I'm no. with you now. Okay, all right. So I get that the, the literal definition of the word is to change one's thinking, but when we look through the Scripture and what they have as repentance, it is not just I change the way I think. But I also think, so I, I mean, I've said it in sermons. I think you've probably said it in sermons. We've heard it in sermons that to repent is the idea of a change of mind that leads to a change of action. And I think that's true. I believe that is true as far as that definition goes. But I really think as we're walking through Acts, that what we need to see is something even deeper than that. Something even deeper than that. Because it's not just the idea of like, oh, you know, I realize now that what I was doing was hurting you. Mm. And, and now I've thought that through again, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I mean, certainly, there are times when that's what I need to do. But, but this is actually a change of mind that leads to a change of action based on something more fundamental. And that is a change of allegiance, hmm. a change of lordship, a change of control, repentance. What we're seeing here, yes, Second Corinthians is going to point out that it takes godly sorrow, godly sorrow. to repent. Yeah. Yes, we recognize that we need to repent away from dead works, Hebrews mm-hmm. tells us. Uh, later in Acts, it's going to tell us that we need to repent toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. All of this together. Oh, and, and we're also told that we need to bear fruits Worthy that corresponds yeah. with our repentance. So all of that is, it is about a change of life. It is about a change of action. But I really want us to note that idea of repent toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. Because what this repentance is, again, it's not just, I've thought about what I did and really sorry I hurt you. I won't ever do that again. It's, I thought about what I did and my new king says it's wrong. I'm not going to do that anymore. I think it's important to bear that out. And I've often thought of it and explained it as a change of will. Repentance is a change of will. But just to underscore this, there are some sins, there are some situations uh, that it's, it's not, I mean, it can't be undone. You can't undo that. 
And so there has to be more involved in repentance than just saying, I'm sorry, or I'm going to make it right. This is going to be something that the Lord has provided through the gospel and by his grace that that is uh, actual and effectual and essential. Even if we're talking about deeds and issues that you can't go back and undo, you can't go back and repair. Absolutely. So it is I, about can, moving forward into God. And I, but I can still repent, even of things that I can't change the past. I, I'll change yep. my behavior for the future. Sure. I won't do it yeah. again. Absolutely. But I can't change this thing that's happened in the past. I'm actually, uh, kind of like I did earlier in the week, I'm thinking this through even more as we're talking about it right now. The, the idea of the change of thinking, it's not just I'm changing my thinking on this issue. It's I'm changing the basis for how I think. Yeah. I'm changing the base because no longer do I think based on what feels right to me. No longer do I think based on what what's right in my eyes. I now think based on what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my king. I have given my allegiance to him. I may not even understand why it's wrong, but if he says it's wrong, it's wrong. I may not understand why it's right, but if he says it's right, it's right. Because the basis for my thinking has now changed. My allegiance, my lordship, the control of my life is handed over to someone else. That is ultimately repentance. And that's this repentance that leads to life. It is a change of allegiance. It is a change of lordship. It is a change of control. It's handing the reins over to Jesus Christ. And that repentance goes hand in hand with another picture of life in Christ, which is having the renewed mind. You know, that we are thinking differently in light of the Lord under his lordship, and of course that's going to bear fruit, give evidence by the actions and the walk of our life. Uh, Repentance, and the Gentiles have been granted repentance, and by the gospel all people are granted repentance uh, unto life. It's really exciting things to to learn about and read about. We, of course, want to know what you're reading about in the book of Acts or other scripture reading. Give us an email, send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. So glad that we've had this time together. Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for the day you've given us. We thank you that as we read this scripture and we see how uh, believers of old were in awe uh, at the gospel and how it touches hearts, and perhaps they were coming from a perspective of even those that are untouchable certainly were touched by your word, and it is your will that they should be so. Help us, Father, to take courage in that, to share your word with other people, to be mindful that as we make you the Lord of our life this day, we're going to think differently at the world around us and live differently in light of that truth, Father, that we might repent and be faithful to you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.